Welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the editor-in-chief of MDDI, an online publication powered by Informa. We're fresh off the 82nd scientific sessions of the American Diabetes Association, and I thought it would be awesome if we could reconnect with Dexcom CEO, Kevin Sayer. Now, Kevin was here last year and gave us all kinds of updates about the company, and he's back again to talk more G7, to talk about the future of CGMs, and also just to talk a little bit about Dexcom's strategy going forward. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Let's talk MedTech with Dexcom CEO, Kevin Sayer. Kevin, thanks for coming back to Let's Talk MedTech. We really appreciate you being here. I know it was busy with ADA. Uh, tell us about it. How was it this year? ADA was great for Dexcom. There was a lot of activity. It's the first time we've been together as an industry uh, here in the States on a grand scale for a couple of years. And it was wonderful to connect with, with you know, with our customers, uh, physicians who prescribe our product, and also several of our, our our patients. And not only that, Omar, just the employees. I I was telling somebody for many of these people, given the fact we haven't been together, it's almost like I'm a CEO avatar. Yeah. Uh, we've we've you know more than half our people at this company have been here less than three years. So literally, their experience with me personally is not been so much. So getting to meet a lot of just our own people at this show was fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. and Incredible. Incredible. Well, I want to jump right on in. I think you know what I'm about to ask about uh, G7. I have never seen such a, a highly anticipated product in my life. And I've been covering MedTech for well over 10 years now. This is amazing. We always get comments. Our audience always wants to know just any tidbit of information you can give about G7, whether it's uh, when it will, when you're expecting approval or how much of an improvement it is over G6. Can you talk a little bit about it? Can you just shed some more details? And again, what do you attribute just this this fascination uh, of this device of, of the G7? Why do we have this tremendous buzz around it? Uh, you know, I'm happy to address that. With respect to approvals and dates and stuff, we we really don't give dates. We are in the middle of back and forth discussions with the FDA and answering their questions. These devices are complex and held to very high standards, and we meet them. Uh, we always have, and we've been a, a leader in our industry in that, and we're confident we'll get through those. But I just don't have dates for people yet. I can tell you that uh, from an operation standpoint, we're ready to build them. Uh, in fact, we are we greatly anticipate turning everything on and all the equipment. And let's talk about why the market so anticipates this. And I'm going to just start with a little background at Dexcom. This is my 11th year here, and I've been through. This is my fourth major generation of technology: G4, G5, and G6. And when we go with a new generation, the experience for our customers has changed more, it, it just dramatically. With G4, we delivered the first sensor that performed to the level everybody wanted, and we literally created an industry because that product was so good, and that really was what spurred our growth. With G5, we went mobile, and not only 
the device going directly to phone, but we introduced the sharing of data with your network and the ability for other people to be involved in your care and the stories we get on sharing are just phenomenal. And then with G6, we made all that easier to use and better and more accurate. And each time we've had these new new launches, our customers have been absolutely delighted and G7 is going to be no exception. Uh, from a feature standpoint, it's 60% smaller than G6, uh, so less than half the size. It It is very simple to put on your body, simply four steps. There's a, a half-hour warm-up period. For those people who use our product, there's a two-hour warm-up now. Everybody tells me those two hours of waiting are the worst two hours of their lives. Now we warm up in, in, in 30 minutes. Uh, the accuracy of the system in clinical setting has been proved to be outstanding. We'll perform at our, you know, at our levels. Um, a lot less plastic. So from a social standpoint, we are, again, doing better uh, with this world because we hear and we listen to those voices. It just is going to be a, a new app, new software. Um, pretty much anything you could change, we've changed. And, and and this has been in the making for five years. Uh, we were working on G7 when we launched G6. Yeah. So there's a lot of anticipation here. I think another thing about our company, Omar, that it just is, is gratifying to, to lead it and to work here. We've invested in an entire new manufacturing process and all new equipment. So the equipment used to build G6, which we've spent hundreds of millions of dollars on and amortized, appreciated over the years. Mm-hmm. It can't be used for G7. We've got whole, all new processes. Mm. And and so we have aggressively gone after a product that we think can make people's lives, again, just much, much better. I want to touch on something that you, you said, and I want to kind of get an understanding of what kind of company Dexcom is. Um, you know, of course, you have hardware in your manufacturing, but there's a lot of software involved, too. Uh, and Dexcom has opened up a new lane for a, a lot of other companies in the CGM space. Uh, you're practically the pioneers. Would you consider yourself to be a medical device company, a digital health company, a sort of, a sort of hybrid, a software company? Uh, how would you describe Dexcom? Boy, you've, you've been listening to me speak. Um, <laughs> we are all of the above. And the complexity of what we do is is not lost on, on me, and it's certainly not lost on those involved. We have to adhere to all the rules of a medical device manufacturer and all the quality systems, all the FDA requirements, and everything else. At the same time, unlike other medical devices who are distributed through a hospital or through a very specific channel, our product used directly by customers on their phones. So we have to not only be uh, a medical device manufacturer and have high quality, we have to create an experience that engages these individuals to use the product to better their health. And on top of that, we then have to turn around and seek reimbursement in a world like more of a consumer medical device or more like a pharmaceutical than something that's a large capital expenditure because it's used directly by the patients. So we have to please a whole bunch of different customers along the way and a whole bunch of different people involved in our process. It's highly complex and and, and we really did define 
how a lot of this stuff works with our previous product launches and and with our history. Omar, the first time we went to the FDA to talk about going to the phone, I was on the board. I wasn't here working full time. It was like 2008. And based on FDA standards and what they thought, literally, we were going to have to validate and verify all the cell towers for data because nobody knew what to do with a medical device used by consumers on the phone. It's This isn't defaulted. This is just there were no rules. Wow. And so we've been help working with numerous people to define the rules of this industry for quite some time. Uh, and our accomplishments are, you know, are, are well documented with our success and our growth. But more importantly, you know, our customer satisfaction, our customers through external uh, surveys, which we which we have done, and those of you ourselves, they've never been happier with Dexcom and our current G6 product, which is probably why they're all pretty excited for G7, because I keep talking about how much better it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, they're really anticipating it. Um, I, I want to switch gears for a second. And back in March, you all won, Dexcom won breakthrough device designation to take the CGM into the hospital. I wanted to get an update on how that effort is going. And I also wanted to admit something. You know, you're you're changing the paradigm in this. And I didn't realize it. I, I you know, forgive my ignorance on this, but it's when you think about a technology, you think about the most advanced version of the technology being in a hospital setting first, and that you want to bring it from the hospital into the home. But you all, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're doing it the opposite way. It's been in the home first, and now you're trying to take it to the hospital. And that was amazing to me. I, I never thought of it in those terms before. And maybe I should have, but you, oh. you, you just assume. Yeah. You know, uh, in our early history, uh, again, back uh, 13, 14 years ago, we thought the hospital would be our market. Uh, and 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 maybe fa- and then go from hospital to consumer, but it we we realized that we had a device that could help people immediately, and let's get our technology out there and change diabetes treatment. And now we're back to the hospital. We learned a lot about the hospital environment during uh, the pandemic times when when the hospitalizations were as high as they were because glycemic variability became one of the most difficult issues to manage with COVID patients with diabetes and many even without diabetes, they would come into the hospital and their glucose would just go through the roof. So the FDA in their, in their wisdom gave us a kind of a, a non-enforcement action. Say you can go to this market and use your product right now. We're going to let you do this. Go learn and tell us how it goes. Mm-hmm. It, we learned that it is a much different market. Uh, we're, we're not dealing with endocrinologists, for example, who treat diabetes all the time. We're de- dealing with people who have different specialties and they don't necessarily understand the CGM data or they haven't looked at it before. So there's a training element that goes into it. But there's also an operational element. So for example, with with me or you, if we were using a CGM, it would go to our phone or to our insulin pump or to whatever device we receive our data on. Well, where's it gonna go in the hospital? And with all the HIPAA rules and the data privacy rules and getting the data to the medical record and, and those things, we're working through all those operational dynamics at the same time with our breakthrough designation. The first thing that we're trying to do is demonstrate that the device 
will be accurate and produce an accurate glucose reading in that environment. It is a different environment at home because there are a lot more compounds that are used to treat somebody in a hospital than there are, uh, you know, anybody in everyday life. And so what the hospital, the FDA wants to do and, and appropriately uh, for the hospitals, make sure we can go in that environment and as compounds are introduced into somebody's system that the CGM values are accurate. So right now we're in the middle of a study with actual hospital patients where they'll be admitted in the hospital and their blood will be drawn numerous times and then compared to the CGM values on their body. The use for this product in the hospital, I think, is is going to be game-changing. I had a conversation with, with an individual not long ago who was admitted to the hospital for surgery, and he found that he couldn't recover from his surgery because they were waking up every half hour to stick his finger. Wow. And he doesn't even have diabetes. He called me up. He said, you have got to fix this. And, 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 and so you offer the workers, the healthcare providers, you offer patients and everybody else a much better experience. And I think one that's even going to be much more cost effective because you look at the labor cost of, of finger pricking every half hour. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. So we're making progress. I, because of the, you know, the severe nature of a hospitalization, the FDA holds us to a very high standard there as they should. Exactly. So yes. once once again, we're we're creating a, a business line and a and, and a business segment from scratch and 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 learning. And yeah, you're right. We've paved the way for a lot, but we believe we can still do it better. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to see how this all turns out. Um, I want to talk a little bit now about the business and how Dexcom has been faring in its growth. Uh, I was reading uh, an, an article where you were quoted as saying that you had pretty strong organic growth and M&A really was, I'm not quoting you on this, but I'm paraphrasing, but M&A was kind of on the back burner. Um, what is your strategy toward that? Can you talk a little bit about that? And there have been things in the yeah. tech headlines now talking about M&A, uh, uh, you know, Dexcom and M&A, but just wanted to, to get your thoughts on the organic growth and, and the plans going forward. Well, uh, Omar, that's a very good way to ask the question. I appreciate uh, that. Our company has been all organic growth uh, from the beginning. I mean, we really haven't acquired any other products or product lines to sell. What you see from Dexcom is organic. It is probably the greatest organic growth story that, that, that I could find in medical devices, to be honest with you. Uh, most device companies get picked up somewhere along the way and don't see this out as far as we have. And we feel very fortunate that, that we've been able to. On an, from an M&A perspective, there's some things that, that we look at things like every other company. One of the things we're doing at a, at a very base level is we have realized that at some point in time, there may be technologies that are additive to what we do or maybe even do things better than us. So we started a, a venture group to look at early stage entities and make some investments for us. Is this something we could add to our portfolio later? Is this something we should learn about? Is this another thing we could sense and measure? And so we look at investments like that. On, on the technology side, we also look at um, some of the software apps that are coming because there are many people who like to take CGM data and have a different use for it, particularly in the health and wellness front. So we look at a lot of those entities and we have several relationships with them, uh, with our data anyway. As far as bigger M&A is, we look at things to do in the future. Obviously, one of our issues as an organic growth company is scale. 
we, when we want to go into a new country, we don't have a factory there already. Yeah. And we don't have relationships from other products there already. So we typically go through a, a, an established distribution channel with somebody else. But we've also realized we can represent our business better in many geographies on our own. So you've seen us acquire distributors over the past several years. You know, we went direct in the UK. We've gone direct in Canada. We acquired our distributor in Germany. Our distributor last year, we acquired the distributor in, in Holland, the distributor in Australia, because as we have the financial resources with this infrastructure that's in place over there, we can expand our business rapidly. So when we look at things that scale, that help us scale, that's something that that we're very serious about and, and that we look at. That might come in the form of, of another product someday, uh, but it, 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 it hasn't yet. And so for now, those are the things we think about uh, and as we look at and things that, you know, certainly enhance our ability to grow and get CGM uh, other places. The other thing, really not from an M&A strategy, but just from a strategy in general, we are looking at, uh, at alternative distribution arrangements to see if we can come up with another way to get into new geographies. I'll give you an example. Yeah. We partnered with Terumo in Japan, the largest medical device company in that country to distribute our product there. We won't have the gross profits though we have in other geographies, but guess what? We don't have the operating expenses either. And that's, you know, that's in its very early phases. We'll see how that works out over time. So we look at, at relationships almost as part of the M&A process as well, because our goal is to scale and we've got to get this technology everywhere. No, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. I think the only whammy in that is the, so, you know, the supply chain crisis and, and COVID right now, the pandemic, although things are getting back to normal in, in some spaces. <laughs> I can imagine it, it's been, I won't say difficult, but you, you've had. It's you know what? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to meetings now I didn't go to before. Let's put it that way. But we have managed this. You know, we managed this process very well. In, in 2020 and 2021, we grew on a volume basis for more than 40% each year. Wow. And did not have supply chain issues to fill those volume needs and have enough inventory to continue to serve our customers. An incredible credit to our team. Wow. And and we have monitored this closely, you know, very closely, uh, and and been on it all the time. And we there's no let up. You can't give up on the supply chain. You're absolutely right. It's something we look at. We've beefed up this team also over the past two years, realizing how important it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, earlier we talked about the demand for G7, uh, but really I want to talk a little bit now about the demand for Dexcom as a brand. Uh, we spoke about this last time uh, uh, we talked, and I think what I've noticed is Dexcom is becoming a household name. We've seen the commercials uh, during the Super Bowl. We, we, we've seen the celebrity um, endorsements. Uh, it's amazing how there's this huge uh, shift. I, I think patients are becoming more concerned with their health and they're taking more ownership. But at the same time, they're looking for brands. They're looking for companies that they can trust. And I think in terms of diabetes management, Dexcom is becoming that. Would you agree? And also, was this a, a was this done on purpose? Was this done intentional to, to kind of get yourselves out there? 
I I think it was very intentional, and I do. You're absolutely right. We are a premium brand. If you ask one of our users uh, what's the most important brand in their lives, I, you're going to get Dexcom, regardless of all the other devices they use, almost every time. Um, we have delivered a, a system and an infrastructure that, uh, that that meets the needs of those that we serve, and we take that branding very seriously. You know, as I said earlier, our 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 customer satisfaction scores are better than they've ever been with G6 now, uh, and we've made decisions to try and help. I, I, a good example, you asked if we are a software company or a medical device company. As we look at this software, we look for solutions that can make the product more engaging for our, for our users more and more over time. And so one of the things that we've migrated to over the past couple of years is rather than phone calls for tech support, moving more of the support features right into the app. So oh, if wow. you hit the right buttons, you can get your questions answered there. A couple, Another thing we've done recently, uh, one of the more common complaints uh, with our system or or common opportunities for us to, to help patients do better with it is signal loss. One of the things we learned in going to the phone is not everybody's phone is the same. If, if you use a, an, an iPhone and I use an iPhone and I've dropped mine a lot more than you've dropped yours, you're probably gonna have a better reception and Bluetooth quality than I do. So if we notice somebody is struggling with Bluetooth connectivity, we now proactively send them an email saying, hey, here's some tips of things you can do to better your experience. And we're looking at things like that all the time. Because again, you know, our mission and our, our, our charge is to help people who take a, a drug they can't live without in the proper manner to live a normal life. Be that through an automated insulin pump or through giving themselves multiple daily injections or, or no matter how they do it, we have to create an experience that keeps them safe and gets them healthier. And so any way we can better that experience, we look to do. You know, if we take away the technology and we just uh, take away the space that you're serving and we just look at the, the structure, the, the model that you're providing, the customer service model, this is amazing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to coin it the Dexcom model. Uh, it, it would be. I think it would behoove other device companies in in different spaces, of course, or, or whatever space they might be in, to to look at this and to think about ways to make it easier for the patient, especially when you have difficult technologies, technology, life or death technologies, you know, and you're managing a chronic illness. Make it as easy for the patient as possible, and I think. Dexcom is doing that, and you have a model that I think could translate and, and go into other disciplines. It could go into to, to other companies could adopt this. You know, they could. I would tell you the, and, and this is like as a public company, this is something we balance all the time. Yeah. The cost of this model has to be, and what we have to do, uh, Omar, and it's a challenge I've given the team. For a long time, this model and this experience we created was definitely pick up the phone and call Dexcom and somebody's going to answer. And, and, and we, we were there all the time, but as we have, you know, over a million users now, mm -hmm. if we can create the same experience through technology by identifying the reasons somebody would call or by making a product that takes away the reasons to call and, and becomes uh, an engaging thing, that cost to serve comes down and we can pass that cost to serve on 
to customers through through lower prices and then ultimately get it back through scaling our business and adding more users. And it's something we're challenged with all the time. Um, not only is our cost to serve, um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's very well controlled, it's very well managed. We also spend more on R&D as a percentage of our revenues almost than anybody you'll talk to because we don't think this mission is ever done. We've got to have tomorrow just as much as we have today. So you look at G7 and then you look at the things we want to do in the future uh, in this world. And a lot of that is on the software side. We now spend more on software in our R&D group than we do on, on hardware and sensor engineering. Uh, an example of our software uh, development recently is we've launched a couple of products in Europe, well, a product in Europe called Dexcom One, where we took our G6 configuration, but we created a new app. And the app is a less a, a less featured version than, than our G series because for reimbursement in some of these countries, we needed a, a less expensive alternative. Yeah, uh, the yeah. rules have been established by the governments who pay. So we took a, a product and we created a different product. Uh, we're going to launch it in the UK shortly and, and also in Spain. We have other countries planned as well. We launched it in four smaller countries. It's just an e-commerce platform where a prescription isn't required. And the feedback on that has been very, very good. And then uh, in, in those geographies, as the patients use that product, if they feel they need more connectivity and they need the things offered by the G-Series, they can go up and have that reimbursed after some period of time of using it. So software does become the solution for us over time. Amazing, amazing. Final question while I have you locked in, and you were touching on this just a little bit, but where do you see the future uh, at with CGMs, and what role will Dexcom play in that destination? So I, I was asked this question many years ago, and I my simple answer was I wanted to be one of the three. And the reporter looked at me and says, what on earth are you talking about, one of the three? And I said, in all medical devices, three players end up winning. And, and I gave a bunch of examples. We're certainly one of the three, and we've established that, and we're, we're, we're going to maintain that position. In the future, I'll start by the segments that we serve, and I look at, look at our growth plans. I firmly believe that intensive insulin users, 85% of them, are going to be using CGM within a two- to three-year period, and that market penetration isn't quite there yet. This in the U.S., we have a tremendous growth path there. We have an international opportunity that we're just barely scratching the surface of because, as I talked about early, earlier, we have to scale in addition to get the right product for those markets. But with Dexcom 1 and the product portfolio strategy we've launched over there in these other countries, we believe we're going to have a great opportunity to get to more insulin users in these geographies. And our third area with CGM, and one of the things I'm really most excited about here is then going to people with type 2 diabetes, starting first with basal insulin and hopefully getting that reimbursed. We've done a lot of good work there. But just your basic type 2 patient. You know, these people have type 2 diabetes for many years, and the, most of the feedback they get is your A1C is too high or too low, lose some weight, eat less, exercise, and make sure you take your drugs and go home. And every study we've ever been in with a type 2 patient with, with on other compounds, they do better with CGM than they do without it. I think there's a product solution here that solves a different problem than with our type 1 patients that will end up being a massive market for us and make CGMs available to a much broader population, then ultimately getting down 
to somebody like myself, I mean, I, I wear these all the time because I hereditarily, I'm, I, I was born a pre-diabetic. There's probably nothing I can fix or change there. But if you have pre-diabetes and you wear one of these things, you learn a lot of things you can do to change your behavior and make your yourself healthier before you get there. And I, I see CGM spreading to all that with multiple different software experiences and multiple different labels. I can't wait to to see all this come into fruition and to be a part of this journey to chronicle it as a, as a journalist. Uh, Kevin, thank you for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure when you come on. It, you're, it's just so awesome to talk to you again. Well, great questions today. Thanks for taking the time. That's it for this episode of Let's Talk MedTech. Once again, a special thanks to our guest, Kevin Sayer, Dexcom CEO. For more content and more information about MDDI, please visit us at mddionline.com for all of your MedTech news. And also make sure to rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Once again, thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk MedTech.